0: All right, you might want to sit um, so that you can see the uh, screen because uh, most of what I'm talking about is really dependent on you guys being able to visualize what I'm showing you. So those of you on the side there, uh, David, I don't know if you guys want to move over just so you can see the screen. Uh, This is kind of an in the weeds type of session. I'll just go ahead and tell you that up front in case you want to go somewhere else. (laughs) But this is really like a nitty-gritty type of approach to sermon preparation. Like, this is how I do it exactly, using the software that I use. Um, So I know for some of you, that will be interesting and helpful. For others, um, I I think you'll still... My intention is for you to take away some general principles regarding sermon preparation, especially as a busy pastor. And I'm thinking even a bivocational type ministry, which is what I was doing. Um, I think you'll be able to take away some key principles and concepts, even though you may not use the specific software and specific approach that I, that <laughs> I show you. But I know sometimes, you know, you come to sessions like this and it's more general, uh, general steps in sermon preparation. I think that's helpful because then you can apply it specifically to your situation. I think it's also helpful to do what I'm going to do and just show you exactly step by step. And then you can say, okay, what do I take away from that uh, in terms of general principles that I could apply to my system and my workflow? My name is Kerry McGonigal, and I have been uh, teaching at Bob Jones University for 20 years now, uh, teaching hermeneutics and preaching. So I have um, had a lot of opportunities to work through the sermon preparation process, but it really wasn't until I started pastoring that I realized that a lot of that was theory. (laughs) 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 And I became more of a realist as a bivocational pastor. And, um, you know, for for the regular preacher, let's see here. Let me get rid of this. Yeah. Um, For the regular preacher, Sundays just keep coming, don't they? And there seems to be no let up, and it can be overwhelming to think about preparing not just for this next week's sermon, but for the next week and the next week after that. So as a full-time teacher, I was also pastoring, and so I would teach five classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So really, Monday, Wednesday, Friday was completely taken up with classwork. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, either there's grading, and there's answering emails, and I would try to squeeze in as much sermon preparation as I could on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then Saturday was sort of sermon preparation day, get up early, go to the office, do as much as I could on Saturday. And then Sunday, I would get up as early as I possibly could, you know, five o'clock in the morning, and I would basically prepare up until the time I left to go to church. So... Um, So the question that I am wrestling with and trying to help you answer is how do you deal with weekly demands and distractions while keeping the first things first, the ministry of the word? Um, Is there a method for preparing multiple sermons at once that would alleviate some of, if not all of that weekly pressure and that demand, at least take some of that pressure off? So that's what I'm trying to answer this morning um, through this workshop. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you for this stewardship, and we want to be faithful and focused, and I pray that this workshop would be helpful in just giving us some things to think about, um, some, some tools to take away and apply to our various ministries, and we pray these things in Christ's name, amen. So through a process of really trial and error over eight years, I arrived at the general uh, principles and methods that I'm going to show you today. I wish I had started out with this approach. Uh, It would have saved me a lot of time. And I'll try to leave some time at the end of the workshop for you guys to ask me questions about the approach that I show you. Um, Maybe you have some suggestions that you can share with the rest of the group as far as how... You have learned to manage the weekly sermon preparation process under a busy, demanding schedule. Maybe there's something that you would add to what I'm going to say, or maybe you can share how you take the same principles that I'll share with you and use them differently with your tools and your workflow. So hopefully we'll have some time to do that at the end. So I'm aiming, you see there are the objectives, I'm aiming at uh, three particular things as I think about sermon preparation. Number one is being faithful, and that has to do with my interpretation of the text. I'm also aiming at being effective, and that's the persuasion or the rhetorical component, and that is getting it across. So, I want to get it right, and then I want to get it across, but then there's the efficiency aspect, which is getting it done, actually getting it done. Now, I don't know about you. I think we tend to talk more about the faithful and effective and less about the efficiency. Why do you think that is? We're not efficient. Those <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. are the first two steps in the list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> think efficiency is sometimes, we, we think of as laziness. Okay. Like taking a shortcut. Taking a shortcut, yeah. So there's a book I read just recently. It's called Eight Hours or Less. Have you seen that? you know when I first saw that title, I, I thought I don't want to read that book like you know that that's a prostitution of the preaching endeavor, right? Eight hours or less um, If you want to get my assessment of the book afterwards, you can um, but but I think we somehow think that being efficient is not quite as sanctified as the other two, so I want to be careful to say at the outset by efficiency, I don't mean lack of art. This isn't a mathematical formula, though some of what I'll show you seems to make it like that. Um, It's not a lack of spirit, small s or even big S, capital S. Uh, This isn't just the mechanical process that you go through without the dependency on the Holy Spirit, without your own personality involved. I don't mean by efficiency, a lack of variety like a this is a cookie cutter approach and we just stamp the same mold onto every text and every sermon. So not lack of art, not lack of spirit, not lack of variety. By efficiency, I mean getting the right things done in a suitable amount of time within the constraints of ministry, allowing for other important personal, family, and ministry obligations, right? So I think we all understand that efficiency is not a bad word. I'm gonna recommend a few specifics like long-range planning, uh, knowledge management, weekly workflow, and leveraging technology. Uh, I will say this at the outset though, I'm not, this particular approach is not dependent on a particular piece of technology or software. Although I think I could argue that you'll be better served or you could you could harness some things that technology provides that would cause you to be able to do more things than you think you'd be able to do. Um, my focus this morning is on preaching through books of the Bible. So I'm thinking primarily of preparing for expository book series. Uh, what's the weekly process of thinking not only of this next sermon, but also of the next sermon and the next sermon? Is it possible to prepare for multiple sermons at once in order to alleviate some of that burden that we feel on a weekly basis. So I'm not going to say much about expository book series. Uh, We could talk about the advantages of that. We could talk about some of the challenges of that. But one thing I'd like to highlight for this workshop is the efficiency of preparation. Many of you know that preaching through books does have some advantages in that area once you map out your units of thought and every week you bring with you into the next sermon what? Context, right? The preceding context comes with you, which ends up saving a considerable amount of time. Um, so let's let's jump in here. Three C's, calendar, capture, and connect. Calendar, capture, and connect. First of all, under calendar, um, let, me, let me encourage you to plan for your planning. Plan for your planning. So as you plan out your year, if at all possible, I know some of you are in ministries where you just don't have this luxury, but if all possible, have other people preach on certain Sundays and strategically plan to use those weeks to plan for future preaching. And it would be ideal to have multiple Sundays like that. Schedule two, three, four Sundays where somebody else is preaching, where you can get away and plan your preaching schedule. Um, I would usually um, get away with my wife. We would retreat up into North Carolina and we'd just get a little cabin and I would spend a weekend, just a couple of days, but a weekend just doing as much of this kind of planning as possible. And I can't tell you how beneficial that is and how much stress that relieves once you've done that sort of planning, going through that planning process. Um, Obviously, you're going to be choosing the book that you're preaching from. Uh, One of the things that I found helpful in this regard is to do this in conjunction with the other pastors, to really use this as a collaborative time of prayerfully thinking through the congregation, their needs, Our present situation, and then as a group of pastors, really selecting a book that would be um, a good fit for our church. And then we want to study the book. I'm going through this first part pretty quickly just to kind of set the stage, but um, we're planning for planning. We're choosing the book that we're going to preach through, and then we're going to study that book. We're going to pray. We're going to do a preliminary study of the book as a whole. We're looking for things like, you know, who's the author, who are the recipients, uh, how is the book structured, what are some of the major themes in the book, what is the big theme of the book, what was the occasion or purpose of writing, those sorts of things. So I'm trying to really focus my attention in that preparation process on getting some of these big, big items. How do you do that? Um, One of the best ways to do that is just to read through the book in one sitting, Um, multiple times, as many times as you can. And just prayerfully look for these kinds of things that we talked about, author, recipients, outline, themes, occasion, purpose, just on your own, making your own observations, seeing what you see in the text. Of course, at a certain point, you'll want to look at some secondary sources, some specialized sources, especially commentaries. So for this particular um, workshop, I'm going to use 1 Corinthians as an example. So let's say I'm going to preach through 1 Corinthians in 2024, um, I would do my reading through 1 Corinthians. I would try to identify like what's the purpose, what's the occasion, what what are some of the themes. I might pick up on some of the things that Dr. Doran mentioned in the general session like judgment and how that theme of judgment runs all the way through 1 Corinthians. Uh, I might pick up some commentaries like Garland's Commentary on 1 Corinthians and usually any good commentary is going to have an opening introductory section that addresses some of these major things. I don't want to get too bogged down at this point, but I want to make sure I have a handle on the whole letter before I uh, start my uh, planning, you know, sort of mapping out the the series. Here's another example from Thomas Schreiner, uh, from his commentary on 1 Corinthians, City of Corinth, Paul in Corinth, the occasion, nature of the letter, major theological themes, so on. So I want to make sure I'm not just jumping into the book, you know, chapter one, verse one, I've got a handle on the whole, and I have some orientation framework for uh, mapping out the series. Okay. So at this point, I'm in a position to really choose the units um, that I'm going to be preaching on. So this is where you begin to identify particular passages that you're going to preach, right? And I realize that some of you may be uh, not as inclined to do this sort of preparatory work or this planning work where you're actually identifying what passages you're going to preach on and when you're going to preach on those passages. I understand that. Maybe it's just different wiring or personality. Uh, I I personally don't see any, I guess, um, conflict between being Spirit-led and prayerful in approaching this and also planning out my series in detail. I, I'm, I'm prayerful and spirit-led on the front end, but I also have done series where I've just kind of let it, let it, you know, organically unfold. And that feels pretty good too sometimes, right? Just to be able to stop and pause, just to be able to like expand on something. But I think if you do sufficient planning on the front end, you'll have a sense of like, I need to only take two verses here and I need to take, you know, five verses here. I think I can cover this whole chapter in a sermon. Um, so, choosing the units through prayerful personal study, um, comparing, you know, modern English translations to see how they have the units broken up. You can look at the paragraph divisions in your Greek New Testament. Uh, you can look at the outlines in several reputable secondary sources, like some of the commentaries I showed you. And um, you might even want to um, chart out the book. This is this is First Peter, not First Corinthians, but. Here's something I did a while back where this is 1 Peter 5, uh, 1 through 14, and I just took all of the, some of the major modern uh, English translations, and I just took their headings, and I just mapped it out as to how they have the uh, passage broken down, and then I did the uh, same with the Greek text, and then with some of the major uh, New Testament commentaries on 1 Peter. Now, this, I, would, I would recommend this after you've done your own personal study, but I think at this point, it's kind of nice to see um, how people understand the divisions, the contours, the, the landscape of 1 Peter 5, 1 through 14. And at this point, because at this point, what I'm trying to do is think through, am I going to do 1 Peter 5, 1 to 4, or am I going to do 1 Peter 5, 1 through 5, right? And like, what difference would that make? Like in this particular case, if I do 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4, then I'm going to have a message that really is um, laying out the duties and responsibilities of elders. If I include verse 5, what's that going to do? That's going to shift it a little bit to really focus on the relationship of the church as a whole. The elders are to serve humbly and the sheep are to submit themselves humbly to the elders' leadership. So you have to think through on the front end what difference your choice of unit is gonna make in the sermon itself. So you're praying, you're thinking about your audience, you're thinking about the time constraints, like I wanna do this in a year, I wanna to try to do this in you know, X number of weeks. And all of, those decision, all of those factors are coming into the decision that you make as to what passage you're gonna to choose to preach on. Okay. Um so I'll be honest when I first started I didn't feel like I had time to do this right because you're kind of thrown into this but every time I would take the time to do this I felt so relieved and it and it was it just maximized my sermon preparation moving forward so I realized you don't have to do a chart like this right this this is not necessary but it's this kind of thinking that you have to go through in advance so that when you start the series, you kind of know where you're going, you know what passage you're going to preach on, and, um, and you can start what I'm going to show you, this planning process. All right. So the first C is calendar. At this point, we're going to calendar the sermons by deciding when we'll preach those individual units. I would also encourage you to um, share the calendar. Consider sharing the calendar. Um, One of the things I would do is after planning is to prepare, you know, like a little insert that you can give to your church people. And that way they have a sense of where this series is headed. They can see what passages you're going to be preaching on and what Sundays you're going to be preaching on those passages. And I didn't even encourage people to do this, but they started reading those passages ahead of time, even as families, as part of their family devotions, and started preparing their hearts for the ministry of the Word. So I think, it you know, people don't just show up and it's like, oh, you know, what's today? What, what's he going to preach on today? I also think it gives you some level of credibility as a pastor because people realize you took this seriously. Like, you took it seriously enough to plan it out, and uh, and this is for our benefit so decide when you're going to preach to those um, individual units and then maybe share the calendar. You can share the calendar with your staff, your you know, music people. They can start thinking about maybe songs and um, order service. I mean, I think all of these things sort of work together and there's real benefit in laying it out this way. At the end, I'll open up for questions. Maybe you can push back. Maybe you can say why you don't do this and um, be glad to, glad to hear from them. Okay, so now I want to dive into the really the, the nitty-gritty, and that is the um, weekly preparation process. So um, I would encourage you to create projects. You can call them whatever you want to. I'm calling them projects, and you'll see why in just a second. But here's where I'm trying to leverage uh, technology, and here's where I'm going to be telling you exactly how I do it. So you'll see on your handout the, the I formula. I do this, I do this, I do this, just to kind of reiterate that this is my formula, this is my system, this is how I do it. But keep in mind, I'm just illustrating general principles that can be applied to any system, even analog systems. Like even for those of you who use pen and paper, that's fine. I think you can, I think you can apply some of this to, to the analog system. Um, however, I think there are certain digital tools that once you have them set up, they will serve the busy pastor well, and uh, they will go above and beyond what you thought was possible. So I use a particular uh, software program called Notion. Uh, Anybody use Notion in here or or heard of Notion? Okay, just a few of you. Um, These kinds of tools weren't even available back when I started in 2010, and I think that's a good reminder that a tool like Notion that I'm going to show you is going to be gone probably in 10 to 15 years and replaced by something much better. So the issue is not, oh, you need to buy this particular tool. You need to use this particular software. The softwares will change. The apps will change. But what is important is that you establish a workflow and a process um, that can, that can be used with different tools, whatever the tool is. So it's not about finding the one right tool. It's about the system, the workflow. Um, And I'll say this on the front end too. What I show you may seem complicated on the front end. First, probably because many of you are not Notion users, so this is all brand new. Second, it does take some time to set up on the front end, but it's like a lot of things. If you take the time to set it up on the front end, then week by week, it's doing a lot of the work for you in the background. So you have to decide, are you going to invest on the front end or do you want some of that just weekly burden and frustration every time you sit down to do this week's sermon prep. Once you set up the system, it does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Um, this, worksheet, this workshop's not about notion. It's about calendar, capture, and connect. But I create a preaching dashboard, and I use what's called the para-method to organize my preaching life, okay? Okay create a preaching dashboard, and use the para-method to organize my preaching life. I'm getting this from a book called The Para-Method, Simplify, Organize, Master Your Digital Life by Tiago Forte. Um, Basically, we are working with knowledge as pastors, as preachers, and so we have to think about knowledge management. Especially in the digital world, we have to think about digital knowledge management. Okay, A lot of stuff coming in uh, stuff going out, we need to learn how to filter through that, organize that so that we're not overwhelmed by the mass of information. So this is just one book, one resource to help you with that. Simplify, organize, master your digital life. And the para method is essentially um, four categories to encompass your entire life. It's based on the simple observation. There are only four categories that encompass all the information in your life projects areas resources and archive so you could open your computer right now you could create four folders projects areas resources archives and you could dump everything into one of those four categories and it's really organized, it's really structured by virtue of actionability projects being the things that i'm working on right now and i'm going to equate that with sermons okay those are the those are the things that i'm working on on a weekly basis areas those are long-term responsibilities that you want to manage over time. And I'm going to equate this with the series, the book series. So you got sermons, the book series, and then resources. Those are topics or interests that you may find useful in the future. So that's like your research, your study, uh, where you dump all of the stuff that you want to have available um, so that you can use to do these, right? And then archive is simply, you know, cold storage where you put the stuff that you're done with, but you don't want to get rid of. And the, beautif- the beautiful thing about the, uh, the digital world is that you don't need to delete anything nowadays, right? You can keep it, but you can put an archive in case you ever want to pull that out. Um, okay, so para. So here's what my preaching dashboard looks like. And I went ahead, for your sake... To, to show you the connection between para and my uh, preaching life. The projects, again, are the sermons, and the areas are the book series, and the resources are, is the study material, the research um, that I'm collecting that becomes the, um, the, 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 um, the fuel for writing sermons and researching passages, and then archives, storage, and then I added tasks, And I'll show you how that fits in in just a second. Okay, so I create a projects database and that becomes a repository for all of my sermons. Okay, so you get a sermons database and really Notion is super powerful when it comes to databases and and organizing those databases and filtering out the information that you wanna see or don't wanna see. But this is where all my individual sermons go. So, mine might look something like this. So, I'm planning out a series on 1 Corinthians for 2024, and I've gone through that process I talked about before of reading through the book and identifying the units of thought that I'm going to preach on, and then calendaring those units and giving those a specific date. Now, of course, you have to work through your church calendar, you know, Lord's Supper, you know, special days, and make sure that you're, you know, putting those in the right date. Um, So here's the first couple of sermons in that series. Introduction to 1 Corinthians, introduction to letter, quarreling, division, and so on. You can see the passages over there on the other side. So this is my uh, projects um, database, my sermons database. And then I create an areas database, and that becomes a repository for each sermon series that I do. So this is what that would look like. So, for this first one, I've got one book series in here, 1 Corinthians 2024, 20, and I'm going to be able to click on that and at a glance see everything related to that particular series through 1 Corinthians. So, I've got areas, that's the series, and then within that areas, I'll have all of my sermons, my projects. Then I create a resources database a study database, as the repository for all my sermon preparation, research, and resources. So as I'm reading commentaries, as I'm looking at the text, making observations, I'm dumping all of that stuff into the study database. So I've got projects, which are my sermons, areas, which are my series, and then resources, which is my study. So my resources database might look something like this. You know, I've got some just various things things that I've marked up, my own Bible markup, there is a separate page within the resources or study database. I've got some books that might be related to my preaching through 1 Corinthians. Um, I've got some quotations from commentaries. I've got some uh, online articles, um, some more books here, and I'll, I'll show you this in just a second. But this is where kind of the the resources go. And I'll draw upon these resources then for that weekly preparation of the individual sermons. And then I create an archives or storage database as a repository for any completed items that I want to store for possible future reference, but I don't want them kind of clogging up the the, the space. Okay, so here's, here's where we get into kind of working the system. Um, the first thing I do is I link the projects or the sermons and the series databases by adding a series relation property to the projects database. Okay, and I know if you don't if you don't use Notion, that may sound a little complicated, but I'll show you what that looks like. But I'm linking I'm linking the databases. That's the that's the heart of it. So here's my first sermon in the series. It's an overview of First Corinthians. Okay, I'm gonna give give the church kind of a perspective of the whole. And you'll notice that I've got a property in this database called areas, which is my series database. And so I can connect this sermon to that that series, right? Because I want to connect those two. Does that make sense? Um, And then I create a linked database view within my 1 Corinthians areas page where only the sermons from that series are actually listed. So, oops. um, Yeah. And then I populate the 1 Corinthians series page with all my sermons for that series. So I'll show you what that looks like. So remember, this is my book series um, database, and it's got 1 Corinthians in it. This is my 1 Corinthians series. And then basically what I've done is I've created a view of the sermons database, but I'm only seeing what I want to see. I'm only seeing the messages from 1 Corinthians, because after a while you're going to have multiple series and you're going to have tons and tons of sermons. But the only ones I want to see when I pull up 1 Corinthians are the 1 Corinthians sermons, right? So here they all are, right? In order. So that's the power of a piece of software like Notion to have these large databases, but then to be able to filter out information so that you're seeing only what you want to see. And you can get real, real, real specific about that. Um, Each sermon page has, um, make sure I'm on the right one, yeah. Each of these sermon pages um, has a number of properties associated with it and I can determine which properties I want to see. So, for example, here I have the, the number of the sermon. So, this goes on. This is just part of the page, but sermon one, two, three, four. I've got the date that I'm going to preach it. I've got the title of the sermon, and then I've got tags. So, this is something I would do on the front end as I'm sort of planning out. I would say, okay, um, 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 9, Paul talks about the church being sanctified. So, I'm just going to tag that as sanctification. Chapter, 10, chapter 1, verses 10 to 17 talks about division. I'm going to tag that as division. Okay. Human wisdom, human wisdom, church discipline, those kinds of things. So you don't have to do all of that, but the more properties and tags and that kind of thing that you put in, the more you can um, uh, harness the power for, for future sermons and weekly sermon preparation. And I'll show you that in just a second. Then what I do is I create a sermon prep template that will be available on every sermon page. Okay. So creating a sermon template. Um, again, more help for the busy pastor. Templates. Where you don't have to recreate the wheel every week. And in Notion, it's pretty simple. So here's my, here's my second sermon in the series, Introduction to the Letter. Um, chapter one, verses one to nine. And you can see down here, I can add a new template to this sermon page. And so what I did was I clicked on that and then I created my own sermon prep template. And that's what this is right here. So every time I open a sermons page, I have this option to click on sermon prep. And as soon as I click on that, it opens up a template. It creates a template on that page that has everything that I want to see when I start working on a sermon. Right there, immediately accessible. I don't have to recreate the wheel. I don't have to go back and say, okay, now what are some of the main things that I want to think about? What are some of the, you know, what's my workflow? All of that. It's right there. And I include everything in the sermon prep template that I want to have quick access to and in the order I want to see it. So think of it like a coach that's walking you through the process. You know, have you done this? Have you thought about that? Um, Don't forget to, right? So that would include things like quick links uh, where I can put anything I reference frequently in the process of preparing for a sermon and especially for this series in 1 Corinthians. So I can include links to my Logos passage guide. I can include links to my 1 Corinthians preaching series layout Whatever, whatever you want quick access to. So here's my sermon prep template, and I've got quick links, and I've got workflow. So I can just click on that toggle, and boom, there are all my quick links. And I can click on the workflow, and I get a sermon workflow that I have created for myself. Okay, so here's what, here's what mine looks like. So I click on the toggle, and then I've got this list of of, of checks, and I can actually check these off as I go through the system, right? So pray, do a phrasing diagram, observe the text and annotate the diagram, put phrasing diagram into expository sermon chart, determine the rhetorical functions of each line, divide the passage into subunits, write an interpretive summary. Okay, now, you know, I know... I. <laughs> I hope this is a safe space because I know in sharing this with you, some of you are like, he is so like nerdy. Um, (laughs) This guy is like, like seriously, like this was driven by necessity. Like as a bivocational pastor, uh, like, like I just, to survive, to survive, I had to do something that would help me get it right, get it across, but get it done. Right. And that's, that's why I'm showing you this today. Again, you don't have to go through this process. You don't have to be this geeky about all of this stuff, but it's just like, I needed some help when I sit down on, like, I just preached on Sunday and then I'm teaching all day Monday. So basically Tuesday is my first day to sort of open this up and it's just, it's overwhelming, right? Sometimes it's just overwhelming. And this just sort of lets me go, okay, start with, I'm going to pray, all right? Just going to pray and ask the Lord to help me. And then I'm just gonna do a simple phrasing diagram and get the text laid out structurally and Oh, I feel better, you know. I feel better about that now. I can kind of see the structure and Paul's Paul's argument, and I just kind of worked through that. It just, it for me personally, it just took a lot of that pressure off of the weekly sermon prep uh, process. Um, so, another thing that I had in here was the expository sermon chart. Um, by the by the way, I have in your handouts a list of 25 books on preaching. These are books on preaching that present some kind of workflow, some kind of process of moving from text to sermon. And what I've done is highlight for you their process, just so you can kind of look at it quickly and think through your own workflow. Your own workflow. Like, how are you going to move from text to sermon on a weekly basis? And here's a bunch of ways to think through it. So, these are not book reviews. These are just really double-clicking on what they're talking about with reference to sermon workflow. So, that's why I have that part of the handout for you. Think through how best to organize your sermon preparation so you can get it right, get it across, and get it done. That's the point. So, I have a link to an expository sermon uh, workflow. So, within that sermon template, I just click on this uh, link to a Google Doc. And this is how I do it. This is how I Think through my text and lay it out, and I think through the rhetorical uh, function of each line in a text like this. I think through the exegetical outline, the homiletical outline, um, the big idea for the text, the big idea for the sermon, the purpose of the text, and the purpose for the sermon. Those those are kind of the main things that I want to be getting at. So here I am, I'm limited for time. I have just these little windows of time to prepare for Sunday. And I want to be real focused, focused and faithful. Right? I want to be real focused so I don't get diverted and distracted and end up reading commentaries for you know 20 hours and then realize that Saturday night, I only have a sermon, but I know all the interpretational views, <laughs> right? I know all the liberal theories. So this is what I'm after. So I pull this up and I start working on it, and by the end, it might look something like this. So this is not from 1 Corinthians. This is from 1 Peter 5, but uh, this is 1 through 5, and I've just got all of my... Information here at a glance, and the way I work is I'm going to fill this out and then I'm going to print it out. So that's my analog part. I'm going to put that there in front of my Bible, and then that's going to become the basis for my uh, writing out my sermon. Right. So I do this sort of at-a-glance chart, and then I print it out. I've got my Bible there, and then I just go to, go to work preparing that particular message being able to reference this in my my Bible. Um, You can also include um, related resources. So I have a resources section that will pull in any notes or resources or uh, research related to a particular passage that I'm preaching on. So basically, this is a linked, filtered view of the resources database. So... Um, basically what I can do is I can pull in anything from my uh, study, my study database, remember that? I can pull in anything from that into this and connect it to particular sermons. I also have um, a sermon template in there. And again, this is just to kind of help me think through the sermon uh, construction process. So when I start to actually write out my sermon, I'm not starting from scratch. I've got all of this sort of these placeholders there. I'm not bound to this. Sometimes I scratch it. Sometimes I come up with something totally different, but it's there as sort of a placeholder for me to think about, okay, what's my occasion? What's my exegetical idea? What's my homiletical idea? What's my purpose? Make sure I have a purpose statement. Uh, make sure I'm relating that to the head, to the heart, to the hands. Uh, here's my introduction that I'm going to write. Here are some just basic things to help me you know, get attention, establish the problem, point to the text, state the homiletical idea. That's just a basic sermon sort of template that I use. And I also include a sermon evaluation uh, series of questions at the end as a checklist. Okay. Um, Trying to to speed up here so we have some time for questions, but yeah. So I open the sermon prep template whenever I start working on a particular sermon. So here's my sermon on chapter one, verses one through nine, the introduction to the letter. And I can just double click on the sermon prep worksheet, uh, excuse me, the template. And boom, there it is. It just kind of populates the page. So I got my quick links. I got my workflow. I've got this uh, Google Docs form that I fill out. Now, this next part, Having sort of set it up, that's the kind of complicated section. Having set it up, now you see sort of the leverage and the power of the system when you start capturing resources and connecting them to individual sermons. So, remember the resources database is connected to your sermons and to the series. Um, Those are called linked databases in Notion. So, if you look at my resources database, you can see over here that it's connected to my sermons, and it's also connected to my series. And that's part of the power of these linked databases. So, let me give you an example. So, here I am. I, I know I'm going to be preaching on 1 Corinthians in 2024, and I'm scrolling through social media, and I come across this uh, tweet by Andy Nisselli. And he is linking to an article that he wrote on 1 Corinthians 11, verses two through 16 on the head covering, okay? Now, what do you do with that? Well, because I've already planned out my preaching series in advance, I know I'm preaching on 1 Corinthians 11, two through 16 on May 26, okay? And that's like five months away. But I know I'm gonna be talking about head coverings in that message. So I could link Nicelli's article to that page for 1 Corinthians 11, two through 16 and, and just forget about it, right? I wouldn't even have to read it at this point, although, you know, you may want to scan over it just to see if it's worth keeping. I don't know, Nicelli's, you know, kind of questionable. But <laughs> um, if I don't go through this process, here's what happens. I see the Niselli article. It doesn't register with me that I might find that useful in a few weeks because I have it planned ahead and I'm not even thinking of those future messages and topics. It's not on my radar. Then when it comes time to preach on 1 Corinthians eleven two 2 to 16, I don't have those sort of top quality resources already in the queue waiting for me. So that's when you see, that's when you have the blank slate. That's when you have the, you know, the blank white uh, computer screen looking at you and you're like, but what if you had already populated a series of, you know, good resources that you could begin to work with, you know, obviously after looking at the text yourself. Another scenario might be this. I encounter Nicelli's article on the Gospel Coalition website. I save it somewhere, maybe my computer file system, but it's not linked to that sermon. So when I get to that sermon five months from now, I don't even remember I saw that. I don't even, if I do, I don't even remember where I put it, right? So I head over to the website and uh, Notion has this web clipper. And so you just click on the Notion web clipper at the top. And you get the title of the um, article. And then you get to choose where you want to save that. And so I save that in my resources in my study database. Boom. There it is. Now, the next thing that comes up is open in Notion. So I click on that because at that point, I want to do a couple of things. I want to connect this article with this particular sermon. Right. So this is the study database, but I want to connect it to the sermons database specifically to this upcoming sermon on 1 Corinthians 11, 2 through 16. The cool thing about the Notion Web Clipper is it not only captures the URL, but it also captures the text of the article as well. So that's kind of nice. Um, All right. So now I have in my resources... um, you know I won't be preaching on that passage until you know may twenty six but once it's linked, it shows up automatically in my first Corinthians 11, 2 through sixteen sermon page. <coughs> Boom, there it is. okay, so that's pretty cool, right? It's already there when I start that week's sermon preparation. Um, you can also do this with quotes and notes from your reading, so Let's say I'm reading through Greg Allison's Ecclesiology, Sojourners and Strangers. I'm just using this as an example. And uh, so it's totally unrelated. Maybe it's for a class I'm taking or just something else I'm doing. But I see this reference to 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 2. And he's talking about the unity of the church and the purity of the church. And he uses this threefold description of there's a positional sense in which the church is is, um, already holy. And united, there's a purposive sense and there's an instrumental sense. Let's, let's say I, I look at that and say, that, that might be helpful. That might be good. So all I have to do, this is Logos, is to copy this and paste it into my study database, right? And so I give it a title and then I include the text here. Because I'm using Logos, it includes the uh, bibliography there at the end. Um. Now, again, here's the the power of linking those databases together, is that I click on the projects or the sermons database property here, and then which one am I going to put it with? Well, this is 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 2, so I'm going to put it with the introduction to the letter sermon. And there it is. And now it's going to be housed with that particular um, sermon. (laughs) I may go back and put in some tags. Uh, I could do as much or little as I want there. But the key is connecting those resources with the individual sermons so that when you begin your sermon preparation, all of that information is readily available to you. <clears throat> you can do this with sermon illustrations and images. So driving down the road, you think of a illustration that might be relevant to, you know, or you hear about a lawsuit between two Christians, you're like, oh, I'm gonna be preaching in First Corinthians 6. Maybe that would be something that would be helpful. So I'm just gonna capture that real quick capture it, and then connect it. Capture, connect, right? Capture the information, then connect it to the individual uh, sermons. Uh, You can do this with personal notes and Bible markup, you know, so here's um, something I did in Apple Freeform, which is a whiteboard app on on my uh, iPad, and I have the text of 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 9, and I just went through and I made all kinds of notes and stuff, okay? I just want to, I just want to, not only have this, but I want to connect it to that particular sermon. So, I can just copy this, take a snapshot, put it in my study database, and then connect that to my sermon on 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 9. So, whatever, really, just quick capture is the key.